Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. This is episode 11. We are we have passed the 10 mark. This is June 19th, 2016. It is Father's Day. Yes, and uh, unfortunately, before we start any greetings of joyousness, we have to take a moment and uh, have a moment of sadness. We have lost 27-year-old Anton Yelchin, the young actor recently famous for playing Chekhov in the new Star Trek series. Yeah, I mean, this kid was really, I mean, whenever he first showed up on the scene, you got a little information about him because he was uh, very, very intelligent, spoke like three or four languages. His, uh, he is Russian. His parents moved here when he was like six years old. And, you know, he was very talented. If you watch those movies or other things he was in, like Fright Night, he, he did a really good, turned in solid performances. And uh, it's always sad when we lose anybody like this, especially uh, in the middle of their career. Right. I mean, uh, I was reading through the tweets on the uh, an article that was talking about it, and uh, JJ had wrote a handwritten note and then took a picture and tweeted of it, and uh, you know, basically saying he was a great guy, he was funny, and uh, he's gone way too soon. Right. And yeah. And uh, thoughts and prayers are always with uh, families of those, especially his today. And today. That's right. Speaking of families. It is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Thank you, sir, and hap- uh, doubly, and uh, happy Father's Day to you. Um, this is this is your second time around, isn't it? Yes, yes, second Father's Day. Pretty exciting around here. We just had a good day of uh, sitting around the house, being lazy, had a few burgers on the grill, and just had a good day together. Yeah, we just got back from seeing uh, mine. We spent most of the day with hers. We had an idea about Father's Day. We do. In in our opinions, we have some of the best fathers around. But in honor of Father's Day, how about we discuss the worst fathers you can think of? Movies, comics, television, you name it. Worst fathers. And I remembered mine that I'd forgot. I remembered mine, and this is a horrible father, I guarantee you. Before you get started... Darth Vader is right out, correct? <laughs> yes, Dar- Darth Vader, I believe we both agreed. He is gone. He is off the board. We know, Darth. Sorry, Anakin, you're you're a bad dad. He's a horrible father. Apparently, he's a horrible grandfather. You're you're out. You're a bad dad. You're you're so such a bad dad that your non-existence is still lingering throughout <laughs> and causing badness. That's how bad you are. So in place of that, who's tagging in? Well, would you like to go first or me? Because no, I just thought of mine. This is yours, man. Here, you run with go. it. I'm going with television, and I'm going with Christian Shepherd, father of Jack Shepherd on Lost. <laughs> I should have known that. That's great. That is a horrible father. He he is a child mentally. Like seriously, he messes with his son constantly. He is has horrible alcohol problems. And then when he gets called out on them, he blames his own son. He is a horrible person. Now, is this before or after they were dead on the island the whole time? Cuz I'm I'm kind of confused. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, let's <laughs> let's save that. We'll save that. That that I'm telling you, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how far down the road, but we will do a throwback lost episode somewhere in the middle of the week for people. I say I, I say almost 
I'd almost say let's call next show a, uh, a genre discussion show. That w- we that may change, but it's getting close to us always going. Let's talk about that later. This is true. This is true. We might as well address some things that we've said we'll talk about later. Okay, let's hear yours. Worst father. Now, uh, did you want to do two, or were you just going to do we'll, the one? We'll just throw it, throw it back and forth. Throw it back and forth. Let's just see how how far down this rabbit hole can we go. I've got a few more in mind. Well, the first one that hit me was the father in Astro Boy. Now, if you haven't seen CGI remake of Astro Boy, which is a Japanese anime, stars uh, Luke Cage as the voice of the father, and I can't remember many of the others, but he is horrible father because he ends up getting his son killed, and then oh out God. of out of guilt clones him and puts his. Uh, Put the cl- puts the clone's consciousness in this uh, android, and then once the once the android starts acting like his son, he throws him away because it reminds him too much of his son and says he's fake. So this guy is horrible. But by the oh end of, by God. the end of the movie, he comes around. But oh my gosh, he is. It's a good movie. I do recommend you watch it. But man, he's a he is a horrible father. That is that is horrible. I. Uh... I've never seen it, and and that is that is quite terrifying. That is a really bad father. Compounded by the fact that it's Luke Cage, so. Yes, this is true. Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage. Dear God, that whole time, Nick Cage. That's fine. You know, it's, last last week I said Jake Johnson. I meant Charlie Day. I'm a fan of It's Always Sunny, and if you listen to if you haven't listened to last week's episode, then you're totally in the loss. On this thing, but no, I got an actor's name wrong last week, and uh, it's been bugging me. So it was Charlie Day. Well, that's okay. I thought you were. I thought you were just making fun of me, not remembering, which I did twice because I said that uh, Benicio del Toro is not directing Pacific Rim Two, and I should have said Guillermo del Toro is not directing <laughs> Pacific Rim Two. That's, so. that's pretty awesome. That's I got awesome. I got that's... called out in person on that, so that wasn't embarrassing. Oh, that's funny. That is hilarious. I like that. So who, uh, who's next to bat? Oh, can we, can we say Kingpin's father was a oh, little rough around the edges? That dude was a douche. Oh. Yeah, that guy's a real winner there. I believe he got what he deserved. Oh, oh yeah. Woo. He definitely gets what he deserves. But no, that, that guy was physically abusive, mentally abusive. And uh, the amount of stress he just exerted mentally was horrible for that boy's entire life, basically. Yeah, um, and and while we're talking about that, I want to touch on how how well the Kingpin's backstory was addressed. I mean, you know how these things normally go. It's just, here's your bad guy. He's the guy that the good guy's got to fight. He's just the foil. He doesn't have much of a story. He's just there for to punches to land or frustration to be taken out on. But man, you really, really feel for the Kingpin. I mean, you, you get who he is, you understand his character, and you can see yourself why why he would make those choices. And man, that's probably the best example of storytelling for a bad guy I've ever seen. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, the whole time you're watching it, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling bad for the Kingpin. I feel bad for the kingpin, and, and it was a really a struggle for me to uh, 
get through it, it was almost a struggle to get through the episode for me because I know how bad a person the Kingpin is and it was tough for me to relate to him that's how well the writing was for it that it physically affected me to the point of me being like this is almost too rough for me to watch where I don't want to feel bad for the Kingpin Right. We could go on about the writing for that of that show, but I mean that's that's a great example. Um uh, mine my next one would be probably Dexter's dad out of Dexter. That guy he should have got his son some help. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is true. Dexter uh Dexter didn't have the happiest of beginnings though. <laughs> it uh it was a little rough. Yeah, he did kind of now now we are saying Harry, right? I believe I believe so. Yeah, I mean I'm not I haven't watched all of Dexter, but I, I watched enough to know. Right, I, I don't think adopted, that's what you do with adoptive a, yeah. father. Yeah, with a troubled yeah, you, child. You, you find out that your son is uh, troubled, and rather than taking him to get some immediately me- mental help, you instead encourage it and try to use it as a force of good when it is clearly something evil. Yeah. Totally agree with you there. So, what uh, have you got any more up your sleeve? Oh, you know, we we could say the obvious Magneto, but did he really know that he had children until they were all older? Did we even know he well, had until they were all older? You've got to what. What at what point in comics do you want to talk about this? Because as, as of right now, Magneto is not their father again. Right, right. I guess we could go like if you want to talk eighties, nineties comics. Where we'll, we'll Mag- go eighties, nineties. Right, eighties, yeah. nineties. Magneto did not know he had children until they were all post puberty. I would guess. Right, being the stories that his wife uh, saw his Magda, or, or I believe that was her name, ran off after she saw him display his powers. She was pregnant and had Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch at right, Woodgore Mountain. Yeah, and Magneto didn't know until later on in life that they were they were his children. That all involves. There's some really good stories that come out of that, but it wasn't until later on down the line that they they started connecting that stuff and making good stories. You know, Magneto for a while was painted as just a typical bad guy. He didn't have the the awesome you know story of a guy who who suffered these indignities and and was making the best decisions he thought for his people. Yeah, I've read a few of the comics in the 80s pre, you know, the the X-Men revolution or so in the 90s. That's where we really started getting the backstory on Magneto, right? Or am I or am I still missing stuff? Did we get that way before? No, late 80s early 90s is when they started making uh, making that a big deal. They're writing good stories about it. I have a comic book review coming up, but before we get to the comic book reviews, one of our favorite things a place where you and I have both bought comic books, maybe going away. Yeah, um, Hastings has filed for Chapter 11, um, and they're actively searching for a buyer. They say if they find a buyer that uh, they will not close, but they are currently taking steps that you can currently see in certain stores, discounts and and, uh, sales. Like, they've cleared out their warehouses. They are overstocked with toys and uh, I was in one in Jonesboro yesterday and they had like seven sections of pop vinyls which were just overflowing and they were selling them buy one get one free 
So the the Telltale oh, wow. signs are there. They're they're um, none of the comics came in this week uh, that were scheduled. They were at fifty percent off all comics, even new comics. Yeah, it could be a sad day. They're, for... they're no longer they're no longer accepting uh, movies and books and used items. They're no longer there. they're no longer renting movies out. Uh, they're no longer renting games out. Yeah, it's it's a uh, possible the death knell of of Hastings, which uh, uh, in Batesville, where I live, is the only source of uh, pop uh, media. Right, that would be rough. I, I hope they hang on. Like, uh, uh, I believe they can stay just novelties and comic books, and maybe even full full on paper books uh, would be their best bet. I honestly, believe you you. They may be able to still make money there, but you got to cut the movie rentals and buying stuff used, but just stick with books and novelties, and that's probably the best bet. Yeah, they'll make, they'll need to be somebody come in and make sweeping changes if if the Hastings is going to survive. But I mean, that's that's we've been moving toward this for years. I mean, cable companies are under the same kind of gun with cord cutters. Everything's going digital. You know, and and this is all a good thing if they would make strategies to take these new business models and run with them. Like, I mean, the first company that made a big step forward in thinking was the WWE. You know, they were the first ones that put out a, a channel you buy per month and you get everything. You get all the pay-per-view events, this and that. For so much a month, boom. And now everybody's following suit. HBO's doing it. I think Showtime's about to have one. Right. Th- these are the things that need to happen to get us to where we, we're going to be. Now, of course, if we, we've we always said, give me everything a la carte and I'll pick what I want and that's what I'll do. But now that we're getting everything a la carte, wait a minute, I'm paying eight, not eight bucks a month for each one of these and, you know, 10 of those, I'm paying 80. I'm almost paying a cable subscription. Why am I doing this? Well, because you asked for it. So now uh, everybody's trying to scramble and figure out how to get get all that. You know, we're, we're still in the Wild West of all this stuff. I mean, it hadn't been that long. The Internet's been around. So uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. But there are going to be several places that crash and burn. And, and, and Hastings may be a casualty. Yeah, and I have a feeling, uh, honestly, if, if we're going that route, Best Buy is probably not too far behind. Well, what was the one that already uh, went? Uh, Circuit City. Circuit City, yeah. They've been gone since, what, 2008, Something I believe. Something like that, yeah. 2008, 2009-ish is when they were gone. Yeah, I just... here. Here's the thing. I, I need a place. I, I guess I'll just go fully 100% online to purchase comic books because I just don't do the digital. I mean, I have a Kindle Fire, and I've read a few books on it, but honestly, I I like a paperback. Give me a small paperback book, and I am much better off than a digital tablet. Yeah, and you'll, I mean, vinyl is still around. I mean, you'll have certain books that will still be paper. People will still buy them. They'll pay a premium for them. Uh, but, you know, the general public is just going to go, hey, give me my fix, and I don't care if it's on my Kindle or, or in my hand, but, you know, like, let me get it easily and, and, and affordably. That's right, and I understand that. The The moment it goes 100% digital, it will kill the collector. When I say the collector, I mean 
not the person that has every issue, but there's never going to be another time from that point forward where 20 years from now, somebody's going to dig through, you know, 30 years from now, somebody's going to dig through one of our old closets, our great-grandchildren will dig through one of our closets and find our comic book collection. We will be the last ones. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think. I like I said. I I don't think comic books will die one hundred percent. I don't think there'll be a, a a wax cylinder that you look at in the Smithsonian going, "Wow, when did we stop using those?" You know, I I think they will always be around in some physical form because there will be people that just are like that. They want the tactile experience. They want, but it probably will be trade paperback forms. Uh, yeah, you'll true. everything will come out digital, and then you can buy a trade paperback, which that's a what a lot of stuff is moving to right now. You know, possibly big omnibuses is what it'll move to. I I I like going browsing. You know, I, that's just me. I'm old, so I agree. I agree, and that's the way I'm with you. But speaking of touching comics, I have touched a few this week. And I've read a couple that stood out. The the Rebirth series, maybe it's because I haven't been, I've been out of the comic book game for so long, but it is really good. Like, I don't think, from what I hear, the New 52 series was garbage. And that's the reason it hadn't, it didn't stick around that long. And this is really well done. Like, uh, I've enjoyed every single one that I've read so far. And this week was Green Lanterns, number one. Now, I don't know if you heard me, but I said Green Lanterns. We are put into the comic with two rookie lanterns. They really are clueless as to what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it and how they're supposed to do it. And here they are with these two rings, and they are truly oblivious as to what to do with them. Their names are Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. As we go through the comic without giving too much away, you get to see each of them use their powers individually. And at the end of one, I will talk about this, uh, Simon is given, and I've done a little research on this, it is a power which no Green Lantern has ever possessed before called Emerald Sight. And with this Emerald Sight, we're giving uh, up top of the page we get to see several different scenes that are occurring throughout time, it appears, because one of which we see in the previous page is occurring right now. Like, as he's having this vision, this one thing is happening. So we don't know whether we're seeing throughout time or we're seeing all at this moment. We don't know. And uh, from what the research I did was the writer says, Prepare yourself. We're going to have fun with this one. We're going to find out about each panel that we've seen while Simon had his Emerald Sight, and it, it looks awesome. Now, the female lantern, does she have a uh, kind of a lantern tattoo over her eye? I, I honestly don't know. I have it here. I can look at it if I get a chance. Hold on. Well, the reason I ask is because um, I picked up... Before we started this, I was picking up the Justice League Dark Side War, and there was a Green Lantern, uh, a female Green Lantern I did not recognize that was kind of cool in that, and uh, that that sounds kind of like her, but I'm I'm not sure. Well, as I look at it here, I'm pulling it out of the cover right now. Hold on. 
We can look through here, and I don't believe she does, but actually, uh, it looks like she may. Over one part, she has a lantern-type mask, or I would call an eye patch, over her right eye. Yeah, she does. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's her. That is Jessica Cruz. And at the end of this, we see uh, there is an enemy of the Red Lanterns, and they are uh, quite upset and towards them to cause trouble. That pretty much covers that one. That was a really good comic. I, I had a real good time reading it. The artwork is just gorgeous. And like I said, the, the story really got me. I, I was in from the get-go, and I'm not even that big uh, a Green Lantern fan. So I, I was really pumped to read it because I had heard good things. And it did not disappoint. The other book I read was Civil War II, number two. And let me tell you, to go from uh, some of these Greenland, uh, from these Rebirth DC to reading this Marvel Civil War II, it is really some serious stuff. I don't know, it, it just has a real somber tone. It has a very adult tone to it. Some crap really hits the fan in this one. Uh, you get to see some really dark stuff. You get to see Tony Stark perform torture on an individual. It uh, It's really good. I'm enjoying the story, but I'm interested to see where this inhuman, what, what happens to Ulysses. And anybody else that's reading along with this, comment. I'd love to know what you think about it. Because it's a really good storyline. It is very adult. It's not as bright and colorful. And it's established. I can see why they're able to do this. They're Marvel. This is Civil War 2. We've just got the movie Civil War. You can They can afford to put out a book like this that's not as flashy and hypey. This is a very, uh, I feel, story-driven comic book uh I, I cannot wait to see where they go with this but very good stuff it, it's in contrast to the rebirth stuff that's coming out right now i think but i'm really digging it and i i'm struggling like crazy to find all these tie-in issues i have become consumed by comics it is ridiculous and speaking of these comics I must give my shout out to Sean Caspian this week. This is where I got my picks, especially the Green Lanterns number one. Sean, great pick. Excellent comic. Y'all should go check out his YouTube channel. It's uh, Sean Caspian. Or it's www.youtube slash Sean Caspian. Go check out his channel. Give him a like, sub, follow, whatever. Leave him a comment. Let him know we sent you there. Anyway... What comics have you read this week? Well, of course, I mentioned earlier, R. Hastings did not get new comics this week. So, in lieu of any new comic reviews or my artful section, I collected, for half price, the uh, rest of Batman Europa that's out currently, the two previous issues of Moon Knight, which are great. My reviews for those last week uh, continue with these issues. They're uh, really good. Now, the Batman Europa cha has changed up the artist, which, of course, the first issue was Jim Lee. And the second issue, is, it is not, but I I'm more interested in the story, and I I'm not going to complain about that. 
I did pick up the last two. I did collect Marvel Secret Wars up until issue seven, and I kind of dropped it, but they still had eight and nine there, so I picked those up, and it it played out to be a pretty good story. I, I was really excited about it at first, uh, but they did leave out a bunch of stuff. It seems like as you read the whole collection that um, a lot of stuff goes on between issues that you're missing, like you had to collect the crossover stuff, and I'm not a big fan of that. I think Infinity Gauntlet did it right the first time they did it. They had a huge amount of crossovers, but you didn't need those issues to get the story or what was going on in the story. So I, right. I think that was a bit of fail on Marvel's part, but the art, the art is great. The story and concept were great. The ending is pretty good. I'm just glad they did it in a way where they didn't erase the entire uh, 616 timeline. There is continuity that's carried over. There are people that... Uh, have a through line and that I'm really excited about that and uh, that solves a lot of my problems I had with with what they were doing and I also picked up a comic that I'd been looking at but I, I normally would have waited for trade paperback uh, Transformers Sins of the Wreckers has been out on shelves and I picked up the first three issues of that now this is the continuation of a story Last Stand of the Wreckers which kicked off a really big boom in Transformers comics right now because it was a really great art, really great story. Overlord was your your big bad in it, and it had the wreckers of the group of Autobots like Magnificent Seven or or Dirty Dozen kind of story, and it, really? it was really good. Yes, that sounds awesome. Yeah, sounds like a real good series. Yeah, and I do suggest each each one of these is is a pickup if if uh, if you can pick up Sins of the Wreckers, if you can start up the Moon Knight. It's not too far in Batman Europa if you're a big bad. Batman fan, I, I do think this is a great story for you, Batman and the Joker, kind of a team-up kind of thing. And then Secret Wars, I, you know, I wouldn't say go and get the issues unless you could find them for cheap, but do pick up the trade paperback. I think that would be one in my collection. Absolutely. Dude, that sounds cool. All right, so because I've been going through a lot of my older comics, I decided, you know, I, I need to read some of these. I've, you know, I, I'm plan on collecting them some of them are not in collectible form so i was like hey i'll, I'll read them comics read different back then man they okay now the way i've tried to look at it and i've tried to i knew i was going to bring this up so i've tried to think ahead about how i want to express it modern day comics read like fluid speech like you and i are having a conversation like we watch on the tv screen that's the way a comic flows modern times. Some of these comics from, say, the late 1950s, early 1960s, they really don't... They have a lot of great art, but they're still... They, 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 they mention people's names that are in the scene. Like, there was a Superman comic that I was reading through, uh, Action Comics 338. And he's going up against an enemy named Muto. Now, in six scenes in a row, he says, Now Muto, this, and I must stop Muto from doing... He mentions the guy's name in every scene. And he's in the panel. He's in the panel. Like, Superman, are, who are you talking to? Why are you speaking like this? It really reads different. I've... I've struggled going back and enjoying a lot of these classics because of the way they were written. What what's your take on that? I mean, right. Well, I mean, you've read some older comics. Yeah, I know you have. 
Yeah, and, you know, older comics, especially of of the era you're talking about, were written for, you know, we're writing for children. That's the mentality of it, you know. And even though a lot of these guys, you know, their secret hope was to write the next Othello or, or something like that, you know, they had to work in the medium they were in. And, of course, you know, attitudes didn't change about comics until you start getting your Frank Millers, your Alan Moores, your, you know, even though we had kind of good story and better um, writing, before that point, you know, there were stepping stones before that, uh, you know, comics have mostly always been for kids. I mean, even the ones I enjoy the most were, are kind of, if you go back and look at, like, the Death of the Phoenix and Days of Future Past and the story where Thanos, Marvel 2-in-1, Annual 2, and Avengers right. Annual 7. Yes, you yes. know, those are still written from a young teenager kind of writing. and Perspective, point yeah. of view. Right. And uh, not until you start getting the, the Vertigo comics and the, uh, what was Marvel's version of uh, Max... It's just the way writing developed and they're starting to sell comics to more an older audience and, and what that audience is saying they want and what the writers are wanting to do. I'm, I'm kind of okay with where comics are at now at for me reading them, but I don't know that I'd want my son reading some of the stuff that I right. read. I'm wondering where his voice in comics is right now because, of course, that's all the comics were, were voices for children at the time, so I'm wondering if uh, children his age are out in the cold with this stuff, or is it Ooh, is it above this their is a good heads? Point. You know, I, I, I honestly, um, they they probably expect the the child what what twelve years old, right? Yeah, eleven, twelve, yeah. eleven, twelve. Okay, so honestly, they probably expect him to read what you and I read. Right, and I mean, I mean don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean my I, son's I'm not putting it out there. I'm not. It, there, there is some some very adult themes in the comics that I just go to the store and randomly pick up. And as a 36 year old male, you know, it it doesn't. None of this affects me. But if my son was seven years older and he wanted to turn around and pick up the same issue that I had just put down, I could definitely see my hesitancy to let him. You know pick up uh the civil war 2 book right now i mean that it was nothing for me but i even i was taken back with being like wow tony stark's uh performing torture so that's a that's a little crazy i don't know if i would want jacks reading that yeah very true very true so you know just things that are different back then uh as we move on through i i did see some news this week that the superman we had discussed you know, Superman was going to be in Supergirl season two. She moved to the WB or to the CW. Sorry, I still call it that from time to time. I call it the WB. It gets stuck anyway. And we had wondered who was going to be Superman. Turns out they chose an actor from the MTV TV series uh, Teen Wolf, Tyler Holkin. I believe that's how you say his name. I do not know because I know very little about this person. All I know is that when I read the news, me being instantly judgmental, as I am sometimes, I said, oh, wow, a piece of crap. <laughs> you know, and, and at which point my wife yelled at me 
and because she watches some stuff off the MTV, she she actually watches all of Teen Wolf, and she said that in her opinion, and I do trust her opinion when it comes to comic book movies. She she knows a lot about comics more than your average female, I would surmise. She says he'll. She thinks he'll be a good Superman. I, I I can't be the judge of that, but hey, my wife does. So she says he'll be good. That's all I have for that. I know nothing of this person. I don't know of their acting background. I was just being judgmental from the get go because he's from MTV. Well, I've seen uh, Teen Wolf, and it it was pretty good. I, it surprised me. I was interested because I I wondered how they took the concept of this comedy from the '80s and made it a. Uh, a teenage drama, but uh, it worked okay. It it turned out all right. Um, but next up, we got Chris. Chris Pratt has ended his run on Guardians, meaning he has finished filming on Guardians Two. That's right. I was, <laughs> believe it or not, you put this article in the show notes. I actually watched. Uh, they Facebook live streamed the rap with James Gunn and Chris Pratt. And they were both live streaming on Facebook, holding up their cell phones. Uh, I was able, for some reason, I just was checking Facebook at the time, clicked on it, and were telling everybody how great a crew they had. Dude, did you know this thing was shot in 90 days? Yeah, I knew it was something close to that because uh, I knew whenever they started filming, and I knew it was pretty quick. That is amazing for a, a movie of this standard, wouldn't you say? 90 days, that's pretty good. Well, I mean, it, it could be a good sign. I mean, uh, James Gunn is known for uh, under budget on time. And, you know, if they had all the tools and the talent and everybody's ready to go and it's done, that's fine. I'm glad to hear it. I want to see a trailer. Yes, yes. Oh, so do I. Of course, you know, now we have, what, edit and post. So that's probably going to take... Another six to eight months, I would guess. Longer than that, probably. I, I bet it takes longer for edit and post than it does to actually shoot the film. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, look, I've got a quick bit of news. It looks like Roland Emmerich is rebooting the Stargate franchise from scratch. What? <laughs> what? You... What? I I did not see this coming on the notes or anything. So I, you said I just pulled it up. Must just pulled this up. Yeah, I just pulled it up on io9. So you know, Stargate. Wow. I really like the movie Stargate. A lot of people don't. But a lot of people like the series and hate the movie. I liked the movie, and the series was okay. I mean, I never watched I, I, like Atlantis or anything like that. No, but the, but the uh, original series. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I liked it. So did I. I like both the movie and the series. I don't have a problem with either. Maybe I wasn't truly invested into any of the characters, you know. I just watched it for a good fun show and uh that's cool. Man, that'll be a good that'll be good. I like to see stuff revitalized. And that that's something that probably needed it, you know? Yeah. And then we've got some exciting well, not that exciting, Star Wars rumors, <laughs> you know. We got Rumors are one thing, you know, but this this reads kind of like fan fiction. It's just a yes. it's just somebody reported that there's going to be a story in episode eight about a brother and a sister thousands of years ago. They had a tree. One killed the other. One was transformed by the tree. Whatever. I don't care. I mean, this. I. It. It's. Uh, it's not news. It's just a rumor. Reads like fan fiction. It may be true. I don't care. I just That's want I want good really solid weird. Star Wars 
news. I want who's in it. I want well, what's going on. Yes. I want to know if the Knights of Ren actually have like a a, uh, a Boba Fett in them and that kind of thing. That's fine. That is that's a really weird story. I didn't get a chance to read that article, but when you're saying that, it made me think of something like uh, it sounded like as good a story as the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> Well, now, to be fair, there is the official comics that came out. They did have a story where Luke and Poe Dameron's mother infiltrated a one of the Emperor's secret bases, and they got two Force Trees, which are something in canon, and Poe Dameron's mom got one of them. So, it, it does relate to that. So, the trees are in official canon, and they will relate somehow. So, I mean... This is good as anything. I don't think it'll be a major element. I think it'll be, you know, just history or lore in, in the Star Wars universe. It's fine. It needs that. But um, it's not that big a news to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, let's see. We, we wanted a reoccurring segment on this show. And segment called Have You Seen It? In which we bring up movies that a lot of people maybe don't know about. Or were underrated, didn't do so well at the box office, whatever. But here's the question. Have you seen it? And what's your have you seen it for me this week? Uh, mine is Big Hero 6. I, went I have with not a, seen it. I went I with a newer one. Um, and if you don't know, Big Hero 6 is loosely based on a Marvel property of the same name. It's not a exact... It's basically they they played fast and loose with it, which normally we don't like. You know, we want oh, I want exactly what was in the comics. I want this person to be like this. I want this person. Uh, you can't ch don't change the gender. Don't change the whatever. You know that kind of thing is what people holler about. But this movie, you know, didn't know the property. I knew it was a Marvel property at some point. Didn't really research it. Yet knew it was going to be an animated movie. Uh, first thing we saw from it, and this is what Disney did, is they put out production art, just art backgrounds, nothing else. There was two I remember seeing, and it was like uh, Zeppelins and airships in San Francisco, kind of uh, um, a Asian-themed San Francisco, and it looked really, really interesting. And, of course, if you haven't seen Big Hero 6, it's the story of a, a boy and his brother, uh, his brother creates a, a robot called um, Baymax, and creator of Baymax ends up dying. So his brother is stuck with, uh, Hero is stuck with uh, Baymax. And a story ensues, friends become superheroes, fight the big bad guy, and people get saved. It's I don't want to uh, spoil it, I do want you to watch it. it it's really right. good. Uh, it's really, uh, really well told and really well animated, and the the comedy beats in it are great. It's a great uh, Disney. This is a Disney movie. It is a Disney property. It is a Marvel property, but like I said, it it strays from the comic immensely. Um, but they did a really good job with it, and I think that kept a lot of people away from it. I mean, it had success in the theater, but I, I really, really recommend watching this movie. And of course, being a Related to Marvel, Stan Lee shows up in it, and now it's awesome. I of course, didn't it's know that. it's not part of the MCU, of course, of course, <laughs> right? But it's a really good animated movie from Disney based on a Marvel property. Uh, I do suggest you watch it. There is there is some 
uh, you know, there there is a couple of moments of Disney tearing your heart out, kind of uh, uh, Iron Giant level, you know. Oh, uh, no. I, I, oh. I think I'm a man, but I, I, I have these feelings here. Look, look, I, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen the first 15 minutes of Up. So, <laughs> listen, anybody in the world that has seen the first 15 minutes of Up, if you're listening to this podcast and you think to yourself, that had no effect on me whatsoever, I need you to drive to the nearest hospital and tell them I may need some help because seriously that look we, we've all seen it it's horrible no nobody's gonna be upset about some big hero six feels or because... watch Dexter and get your tips there <laughs> yes you may want to check out a show called Dexter it's on <laughs> Showtime okay my, my movie for the week and, I, and I'm excited about this because the main actor in this, that's where he got his start before his went, big breakout. I went with the newly sobered movie by Robert Downey Jr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 2005. Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, Shane Black. Seriously, awesome movie. Have not seen it to my shame. I have you, not seen it. Man. But I bet you've seen the other movie with RDJ and Shane Black. I have. Iron Man 3. Right. Right. You need to see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Awesome movie. Now, uh, I, now I can't R- lie. I, I have seen the where, where he gets the movie part. I've seen that scene, and that is okay. great. And I know what's going on, but uh, go right. ahead. Right. He, he's a, he's a, a two-bit criminal that fakes being an actor while he's running from the cops and uh, ends up nailing the part and he ends up being framed for murder because of his ex-girlfriend and it's hilarious. Uh, Val Kilmer is a private eye uh, named Gay Perry and I was reading he was considered to be the first openly gay character in a movie of this magnitude apparently. I had no idea that was even a thing. And other fun fact, thanks IMDB, says that uh, while on set, uh, Val Kilmer didn't drink once because uh, he didn't want to drink around RDJ. And that that's a good that's a good guy. But man, this movie does not disappoint. It is hilarious. It has action, and it has one of the funniest Russian roulette scenes. Yes, you never thought. <laughs> no, you had me with funniest Russian, Russian roulettes. That's right. Those are words you never see together. That's the reason you should watch this movie, is so that you can find out why would somebody ever say that's a funny Russian roulette scene. You need to see it. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Check it out. Now, did I hear this right? Is Shane Black coming back to Predator? Is he doing the Predator redo? That was a rumor I did not put on the notes because I didn't even know uh, if that was... I'd read a tweet about it. I mean, I know he was in the original Predator. Right. I I will say this. I had uh, the IMDB of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang brought up, and as you said that, I click on Shane Black's name. And it does have, as of the 27th of May 2016, 
that there is a projected 2018 movie called The Predator. And the tagline says, you will never see him coming. Yes. Yeah, and now I don't have a problem with Shane Black as a director, as an actor. I I am going to tell you Iron Man 3 is the least best of the Iron Man movies. Now, I didn't say worst. I enjoyed Iron Man 3. There's really good comic beats. I think Iron Man 1 and 2 are better movies than Iron Man 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think... There's not many people that would debate you on that. I, no, I no, 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 no. If you look on the internet, there are several thousand people that will debate me that Iron Man 2 is a horrible movie and that Iron Man 3 is the best one. I hate to disagree, but Iron Man 2 was a great movie. I enjoyed every bit of that. I saw it in the theater twice. Are, are you serious? I am I absolutely did, serious. I'm, the I'm internet hates this. The internet hates For, Iron Man 2. Oh my goodness. Dude, Mickey Rourke, man. He's the man. Like, Mickey Rourke's awesome. If you make God bleed, people will stop believing in him. Yes, I know. I, 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 just, I want my bird. Yes, I know. Where is the bird? And then uh, bird. just just uh, Moon Guy dancing is just, you know, enough for a movie ticket. That was great. This is, I'm blown away by this. I did not know this was a thing. I I just thought it was accepted that everybody thought Iron Man 1 was the best. Iron Man 2 was awesome, and Iron Man 3 was really, really good. Like, I would say 1, 2, and 3 are in that order as my favorites. I would go 1, 2, 3. And 3 is not that far behind 1. Iron Man movies are the best of the Marvel Cinematic Universe individuals, in my opinion. They're the... they're uh, Well, you know... The best trilogy in the you're, Marvel Universe. You're gonna, never mind, never mind, because you're going to say Captain America. I am going to say Captain America, dadgummit. But as, as I had said that, it, it's tough for me to say that Captain America's individual, he, he it's unfair. He has unfair advantage. You don't get to put Civil War, you don't get to put Winter Soldier in your repertoire of individual movies and, and then win that. No, no, that that's too unfair to everybody else. Think about this, though. Think about this. Whenever we first started hearing this, this, this Iron Man movie came out and it was great. And then we discovered they're going to do uh, uh, the Hulk movie and then they're going to do a Captain America movie. We were like, oh my God, how are they going to make Captain America work? They may fail. This may kill the franchise. This Marvel, this is not going to work. Why are you doing a... A, a, a uh, Captain America. Oh man, I'm so glad they did. But anyway, I think we're about ready to wrap up here. <laughs> I think so too, man. Hey, uh, I'm Sean Thomas. You can find me on Twitter at Maynard98. And I'm Ricky Westbrook. You can find me on Twitter at, at Ricky Westbrook. You can find our uh, Not So Southern Gentleman at gmail.com and at Not So Southern G's on Twitter. We now have a Tumblr that I just started. Uh, it's not so southern gentlemen.tumblr.com, I believe. And we hope you have a great week. We hope you keep listening to this. We're having a blast making it for you. You have a good week, and thank you very much. I'm eating popcorn. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.